0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House.
1: You are listening to The John DiPietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet, John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com Folks, this portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Hey, take a ride and visit Rhode Island's number one garden center. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. The Rhode Island, the number one garden center is PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. It's Debbie and Steve and Junior and Byron. Look for them on Facebook and also their website is prmaterials.shop prmaterials.shop fall is a great time take care of your home take care of your property your garden and right now ornamental peppers they also have the fall mums and kale coming along nicely stop it and see them it's pr landscape materials and garden center well folks as we kick things off um i um a couple things number one with with um there's some late developing stories it it can't mention enough or just the significance of that Markey win beating Joe Kennedy in the Senate primary in Massachusetts. Think how dramatic that is. And this is something, you know, Markey, he is the progressive. He's the one with AOC. That is the far left-leaning part of the party. Kennedy, first of all, a Kennedy to lose in Massachusetts seems unimaginable. But then on top of that, for Kennedy to lose in uh, Massachusetts, I never thought that he ran a good race. I thought, um, I don't think he was a great candidate to begin with. Another story to watch today is this story of the FBI going after these uh, police officers and apparently involved thousands with overtime. That's a big developing story. But I also want to touch on um, last night, <clears throat> Federal Hill. Well, it started in Providence where there was a Black Lives Matter march. And most of the time, as many of you know, I cover these. But I had heard early on, it weren't going to be that many of them. It was going to be small. It was a last minute thing that they added, but they went past the uh, Providence Public Safety Complex. And then where did they make their way to? To Federal Hill once again. Now, it wasn't as bad as last week. Last week, they had over 100 people, much smaller crowd this time. But still, the people in Federal Hill, they're already fed up. And they stop traffic and they do the chanting and they do the obscene and vulgar language with the chanting and they try to intimidate the diners and i'm telling you that something needs to be done a lot of the people at federal hill the business owners the restaurant owners that are hanging on by a thread and they're trying to make as much money as they can number one to stay in business number two before wintertime sets in because they can take advantage of the outdoor dining and once again the uh, protesters they go there it's the same group you know, last night they called themselves a Black Lives Matter march, but it's the same group that I saw basically from Sunday night, and it was the same group that was up there last time. And Mayor Alorza needs to do something. Mayor Alorza, the mayor of Providence, completely in over his head with the city of Providence. This is the city of Providence under Mayor Alorza, is a sanctuary city. It is one where you saw the rioting, the looting. You have nonstop. And how is that a protest when they go up? This was, they were on Federal Hill last night because of the person shot in Los Angeles. That, and so that they feel they have the freedom to harass the business owners and the diners on the section of Federal Hill. But then we also have this other story in the Boston Globe. Eight men charged sexually assaulting an unconscious girl after a video of the assault is shared on Facebook. 16-year-old girl. This was in Providence. The video of it, as many as 15 men, um, shows up on Facebook and some of the names of uh, Richard Chester, 20 years old from Seekonk, Louis Cabrera, 19 years old, Jose Vargas, 19, 25-year-old Irving Keith Colon, Malcolm Batista, 19, Louis Luna, 19 all of providence carlo vasquez 19 of providence you know what exactly is is going on in the city of providence now you know the in the story they don't have a photo of the individuals but i noticed on social media they did post a picture um, of the individuals and there's there's no accountability within the community so, I'm looking at a photo right now of the different individuals, and there's their picture. And they're either, um, well, you heard the names, either they're Latino or they're Black. But there's, there, there's Mayor Lorza has lost control of the city, the city of Providence, under his lack of leadership. See, folks, this is one of the problems. When you run a sanctuary city, when you run a sanctuary city, it's basically lawlessness. You can't pick and choose which laws you want people to follow, and this is absolutely disgraceful. Now, I can't even imagine what this story would be. I'll be the first one to say it, if they were white, eight men charged sexually assaulting unconscious girl after a video of the assault of the uh, of this assault is shared on Facebook. If if they were in fact white. Uh, and if, if, any of them were wearing a MAGA hat, MAGA hat, forget about it. Can you only imagine how the media would run with this? But, um, Mayor Alorza folks, you, you, that's why I believe president Trump is going to be successful with reelection because without question, the Democrat party cannot control the extreme left and they border on and don't condone lawlessness. They 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 allow lawlessness. They do. And they don't punish it. And they don't condemn it. They don't speak out about it. That is an absolute disgraceful story. Something has to be done on the lawlessness that is permeating in Providence. Because, folks, it's coming. You know, they're going to get bored just marching around their own city. And they're going to start to go to other cities and towns. So something needs to be done. We have a lot more ahead. It's John DePietro. This portion of the program, folks, is brought to you by R&R Roofing. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today. All work guaranteed. Free estimate over 40 years in business. All types of shingles and flat roofs. Call R&R Roofing. Are you thinking, wouldn't you like to get a new roof, folks? You want to make sure your home is secure. 823-1330-401, 823-1330-401. R&R Roofing. It's John DePietro. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA MEGA Professionals. Call them today. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, a local, aka sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA MEGA professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508 336 7801. 508 336 7801 for MEGA professionals.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from MIGA, M-E-G-A, MIGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, 336-2110, 3, 508-336-2110. 3, 3, 3, it's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. You're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, com. Folks, joining me right, right now, he uh, focuses on Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And, Dan, um, I, I wanted to just start off Boy, the, the coverage of the Boston Globe. What a uh, incredible primary election. And, and it is uh, really remarkable that the Kennedy name first time ever, and you have a Kennedy who has lost in Massachusetts.
0: Stunning, right? I mean, it's the idea that uh, for, for generations, it's been almost unfathomable to, to think of the idea of a Kennedy losing in Massachusetts. Uh, and quite frankly, you, you look at these numbers, you know, he got thumped in most parts of the state. Uh, uh, If if you really, you know, uh, look at it in a lot of ways, Kennedy, Joe Kennedy did did fairly well in his own district. Um, But uh, this was this was interesting, because if you remember, I mean, when when Joe Kennedy got in the race, and up until really, uh, any time before COVID, uh, you had a, a scenario where he was Consistently in the lead uh, over Markey, he had a much more you know bigger name. Certainly, of course, is going to have all the money in the world that you could ever need. Uh, but Ed Markey, you know, really kind of uh, completely rewrote his you know his career. Uh, really aligned himself behind uh, Alexa- Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and you know had a lot of the Green New Deal people behind him. And really, I mean, some of the analysis that I've seen from from the Globe reporters. On this has been, uh, Markey made himself the young, attractive candidate, right. while while Congressman Kennedy, the young, the actual young man in this race, uh, almost took an approach of being a little more conservative. I mean, not conservative in the way you and I think, but uh, just you know was apprehensive to in, in, in embrace the the far left, whereas Ed Markey did, and Ed Markey uh, came through with a with a pretty large victory,
1: and huge win on the national front where it became. AOC versus Nancy Pelosi because she was backing Kennedy.
0: That's such a good point. I mean, uh, when you saw Nancy Pelosi kind of weigh in on that, that they, I know the Kennedy folks thought that was a major endorsement. Um, And you're right. I mean, it it adds fuel to this fire, no matter what the outcome um, of the presidential election, you know, as we look at Congress and we look into the next, you know, next year, uh, you know, if the House were to keep if the Democrats were to keep the House, I think you're going to continue to have that fight from the, the, the far left folks, the AOCs of the world, uh, really kind of taking on the establishment. One of the things that you've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, is is that, um, you know, uh, Speaker Pelosi ha- has made it clear she's willing to, you know, she, she, she wants to find a successor, things like that, but she has given no hints that she wants, to, uh, she wants her successor to be, you know, somebody like AOC. So there's a real interesting divide, and it really played out in our backyards here with, between the Markey and uh, Kennedy race.
1: Dean McGowan, it's also, it's just, I think it's really interesting, and some people have this false notion that, oh, he's the younger candidate, so younger people are going to be with him. Wrong. The young people, the real young progressives, because he's far more to the left than Kennedy, They stayed with the older Markey. And it's the same way. You know, AOC, to me, is such an interesting political figure. She's tight with Bernie Sanders. She stayed with Bernie Sanders. And it's up like this conventional wisdom. A lot of people would say, well, obviously, she's going to go with Kennedy because he's younger and she's young. Wrong. She stayed with Markey. Boy, she I don't care what anyone says. She's got a lot of juice. But think of this. A Kennedy goes down to defeat in the Senate in Massachusetts in a primary.
0: I mean, again, completely, you'd never have thought it would happen. And even, I got to tell you, John, I don't know about you, but I, I, admittedly, I i knew about this race from reading about it. I didn't cover anything in the race. Uh, even as I saw the last, you know, two, three weeks where you start to see Marky kind of pull ahead in all the polling, in the back of my head yesterday, I was thinking, Boy, there's no way a Kennedy goes down in Massachusetts, and yeah. and you know in the the first, if you looked at uh, the Globe had a really great sort of layout on, on our website last night uh, of breaking down all the you know uh, the returns and the first returns that come in come in from that fourth congressional district, and you are seeing Kennedy really clean up, you know he, he's winning big, big by big margins, and I thought okay, you know I was right, <laughs> Kennedy's going to be just fine, but boy. Go look at some of those, those you know, precincts in uh, Somerville and some of the more liberal, like the, the extremely liberal parts of Massachusetts. I mean, Markey was winning three and four to one in some of these places. Uh, and and you're exactly right. He, he you know, uh, he really tied himself, especially to that Green New Deal. Uh, remember, you know, what ad was played more than anyone in uh, Massachusetts? It was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez right. giving the endorsement. In fact, I don't even know that Ed Markey appeared in that commercial. Yeah, he did. It was just right. her making, you know, making the case. And uh, and it clearly worked.
1: And, Dan McGowan, one last note on that. Boy, the importance you and I covered, the importance of debates. Because that moment in the debate where Markey said, why don't you look right in the camera and with the heavy Boston accent and tell your father to stop running those negative ads against me. And Kennedy was caught flat footed. It just reminded me of that great moment when Scott Brown was said, so, you know, David Gergen said, so the person's going to go into Teddy Kennedy's seat and flip Obamacare. And Scott Brown said, well, first of all, you know, all due respect, it's uh, it's people not feet, the Democrat right? seat. It's not the Kennedy seat. It's the people's seat. Boom, you know, you've got when you can really hit that moment. But Marky laid him out in that debate. Now let's go to folks. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now, speaking of popular names, one that remains the eight hundred pound gorilla in the city of Cranston, and you have a great story on it. Is Mayor Funk still remains wildly popular in the city of Cranston?
0: Yeah, John. So I wanted to do, you know, we're we're obviously rolling out a few primary previews this week and early next week and so uh, you know, of course, with a Republican primary and a Democratic primary for Mayor and Cranston, I, I wanted to you know really figure out what was going on there. And the thing I was struck by in talking—I talked to every candidate yesterday um, that's running for, for, for you know for in both of those primaries—and I was stunned by how much how hesitant they are to be critical. Um, of Mayor Fung, and I started to just poke around at it more. There's a great quote in the story from uh, from Mike Sepe, the longtime Democratic Party chairman there, uh, who got trounced by Mayor Fung a couple of years ago. And and Mike Seepy said, "Of course, they're not saying anything about Fung. They saw what he did to me four years ago." And uh, it was a really a great moment of honesty. But you talk to these candidates, uh you know, and it's no surprise. If you look on the Republican side, of course, you know Mayor Fung is supporting. Uh, uh, the councilman Ken Hopkins there, and you know, he, there's no love lost between Mayor Fung and the council president, the, the other guy running, Mike Farina. But even Mike Farina says, "Look, Mayor Fung was good for what what he brought here. You know, he certainly, uh, at a time when the city was facing some real fiscal challenges, he uh, he did a nice, a, a strong job. I think Farina sees that if if he can pull this off in a primary, he's going to want Mayor Fung to come home uh, or stay home and and be with him." Uh, and so you see that. And then on the Democratic side, you know these guys, John. I mean, you know, Maria Bucci, who's the councilwoman, uh, yep. uh, or, or former councilwoman over there, she couldn't even be more clear. She says, I've known Alan forever. I love Alan. He's great. Uh, couldn't even, I asked, uh, you know, I asked everybody the same question. What's one thing he's gotten right? What's one thing he's gotten wrong? And she was like, you know, I don't know that there's anything that he's gotten wrong, uh, which was which was funny because, you know, of course, there was a police scandal there. Yes. Uh, but, but then – even the progressive in that race, Steve stykos another citywide councilman over yep. there, we were talking about it. And he said, look, there are things I disagree with Mayor Fung, but I appreciate his role as a, you know, being fiscally conservative. Uh, so even the progressive is saying, look, when you're the mayor of a city, you have to be a strong fiscal steward. And uh, Mayor Fung is going out pretty much as popular as he's ever been, I think. Uh, and it'll be really interesting once they get through this primary uh, you know, as, of course, as his wife runs against Speaker Mattiello in the general election, it'll be interesting to see how much of a role Mayor Fung wants to play uh, in that general election for mayor after we get through September 8th.
1: And I agree. And that is the key. I mean, it'd be great. Let's see if he can propel uh, Ken Hopkins to victory over Farina. These a primary like that um, against Republican voters. It's as you know, it's tough to predict, but that will be the real uh, test if uh, if, in fact, he can get uh, Barbara and Fenn, uh over you know, help her um in and get into the office against Maniello. Folks, we're gonna take a quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe with me. It's uh, all ahead right here on the John DePietro <clears throat> show. It's John DePietro on AM thirteen eighty ninety-nine point nine FM. You can always listen online at the website DePetro dot com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Autobody. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it. But my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle, they broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today 272 3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door, and so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body. the original the best right behind the providence public safety complex it's west fountain auto body call them today 272-3340 they'll handle everything for you if you're in an accident something happens to your car bring it to west fountain 400 west fountain street providence right behind the providence public safety complex west fountain auto body
2: That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting? Maybe it's time for repair that roof. Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure. Whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call RR Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business. Call RR Roofing today. Call for a free, free estimate. All work is guaranteed, 401 823 1330 fully insured and on top of that angie's list award winner over five years in a row now i've met with richard folks he cares he cares attention to detail and on top of that impeccable cleanliness throughout the job job site is waterproof daily call for a free estimate and all work is guaranteed that makes such a difference r and r roofing now if you're thinking of having your roof done maybe it is time for a new roof at least call at least call r&r roofing and get a free estimate 401-823-1330 401-823-1330 for r&r roofing you can also check out their website it's r and r roofing call them 823-1330 it's r&r roofing we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan um Let's talk about the governor and uh, this week the governor doing her daily press briefings. The focus is on the schools right now. And um, the Globe has full coverage of uh, basically everything going back and forth with this is a lot to maneuver with uh, Governor Amundo with all the different districts. Although, you know, they felt very, very good on Monday when the governor announced basically with the exception of two districts, Rhode Island has a green light to return for in-person learning. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I think what the governor did, uh, it was a real, in many ways, uh, a a master class in kind of splitting things both ways. Uh, I think there were a lot of us that thought, boy, you know, if she doesn't say everybody goes back to school September 14th, this is going to be kind of a a rebuke of her previous (coughs) uh, views. But instead, what she did very intelligently was say, everyone except for Central Falls and Providence can reopen but here's what I'll do for everybody. I'll give you another month. I'll, you know, you can gradually phase your way in. You can, uh, you know, really try to uh, uh, make sure this is working and we'll, let's, let's all be in school by October 13th. And I think, I you know for all the criticism that she's getting post that, because, you know, we, we, you and I can talk about Warwick. I have talked to a bunch of superintendents who say that is actually incredibly helpful, right? That, that this is, one of those things where we didn't know how we were going to get this done for September 14th, but you give us another month, it buys us a little bit more time. Potentially there could be more money coming in, things like that. And that's the, you know, uh, it, it certainly could be helpful. But the problem is, is that the the folks who kind of crowd out the kind of positive news on this, at least on the governor's, from the governor's perspective, you know, when you hear Warwick saying, Nope, we're not coming back. There's no way. Uh, when you hear, you know a lot of resistance, John in Providence, where you know, yes, they're not reopening in full, but they're sending eight thousand kids back to class on September fourteenth. Uh, I, I think the governor's facing pushback from a lot of from all angles so much so that she's you know you heard her yesterday and you asked the right question i mean she she's willing to give the advice or or you know nudge parents in Warwick to potentially sue. Uh, the school committee or the city to, to reopen the schools. I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to follow in Warwick.
1: Think of that. I mean, I've never, um, I, I can't remember a time where a governor is standing up saying, Warwick parents, contact us. We'll walk you through and maybe help you in a lawsuit against the city. But Dan McGowan, I think Warwick is second largest uh, public school district. Providence, yep. obviously number one. But I think that just shows how upset the, the governor is. And what can you tell us about the situation of Providence? Because it's one thing that I know the new superintendent um, is it Harrison Peters has said, yep. he's said that, but I, what is missing is I have not heard the teachers union say, you know, right. We're all on board with that.
0: Yeah, they're not on board with it. And I, I should say they're, they're not on board with it currently. Um, I don't know that that means that they're necessarily You know, we we may not be in a place where, you know, some sort of work action takes place. I think they're all sort of trying to, uh, I hate to say negotiate, but that's probably the right word, negotiate behind the scenes on how this will all work. You know, the interesting thing about Providence is they're doing exactly what the governor is saying they should do, which is partially reopen, gradually kick it up right you're talking about roughly if you if you figure 8000 kids are coming back to school in a 24000 school district what's that 33% of kids are coming back that is what to me that's the definition of a gradual uh, you know reopening uh but the problem is is that it's all at the elementary school level so for teachers and for certainly for some families you're saying wait a minute th- that's not that's not partial that's not gradual that's you know, my kid is going to be in a class of 25 students or something like that, um, and and so there is real kind of real pushback on that front. Um, you know, at the same time, I think it's always been the desire of Providence. You and I have talked about this all summer long. Providence has been very clear that they want students, uh, the younger students, back in school as soon as possible. And make no mistake about it, the governor wants this for two reasons. One there there is there are plenty of of questions about whether how much young people the youngest people you know seven eight year olds can transmit this disease, but the other one is it's the economy right young people or, or parents uh, who have a six year old or a seven year old cannot you know just leave them home and go to work. I think they 've known this the whole time they want young children back in school so that parents in theory could get back to work. Uh, and that's why you're seeing such a push to get those elementary school kids back. But uh, you know, we're we're what two weeks out now, and uh, there's no question that the teachers are are upset. I think they're looking for some guidance from their national union. Something you and I have talked about a lot. Uh, and I think there's a lot to, that that can unfold uh, in the two weeks leading up to the opening of elementary schools.
1: Dan McGowan, you also mentioned though, for instance, I believe Cumberland said. Oh, we're going to go back and revisit things because of what the governor announced on Monday.
0: That's right. Uh, you know, the the chairman there hopped on the phone with me literally as the governor's press conference was happening, uh and I said, "What do you think?" and he said, "You know, I, I I hope we do get back. I think we probably did jump the gun a little bit there." And and uh and that's right. That's what the governor wants to be able to hold up. The governor wants to say, "Hey, you know, At least listen to me, at least let me, you know, let me give you sort of our guidance and then you can, you know, make your decisions. What Warwick did was, of course, completely different. Warwick made a decision uh, before the governor made her own decision, then doubled down and tripled down and said, we're still not reopening. And that's why you have a a real uh, war. I suppose we don't know for sure what's going to happen with Cumberland. I think Cumberland was a four to three vote on the school board uh, in order to, uh, in order to not reopen uh, in person, and so it's entirely possible they still will vote not to. But at least the chairman said, "You know what? We're going to come back. We're going to have another discussion about it, and hopefully, we can uh, we can switch you know switch gears and and, and reopen at least partially in person."
1: Folks, so speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Dan, what did you make of the governor's reaction? I was the one that asked her about Warwick, and I want people to understand that. What what I liked about it was now she said, I just learned about that before I walked out onto the stage. Now there's many politicians that would have said, and as a result of that, I don't have any of the details, <laughs> so therefore no comment. She absolutely once again opened up, she even used the phrase throw in the towel again that got them upset. But um I I see that's something about the governor that I in I I really like, I respect. And she does not take that tact of, you know, we'll have to go back and relook at that, or I'm unfamiliar with it, or it just happened. Boom! She opens up and does not hide. Basically, I'm going to use the word she was disgusted by hearing that news. Well, and she
0: was, uh, I think, thrilled to get the question, John. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had somebody in her office afterwards say to me, "It's not a mistake. We know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people watching and listening to this." Uh, the governor couldn't you know wanted to make it very clear uh you know where she stands on this, but you're right I mean think about this, John, you know you and I talked about this back what March and April as as everything was unfolding, and you know we talked about how the Governor you know was ready to use her sort of popularity and bully pulpit uh you know however she wanted, and I think this is one of those examples if she's a less popular Governor, if this is before covid and there's some sort of different scenario where Warwick is fighting with her. I'm not sure she would have taken the same approach. I'm not sure she would have been as confident enough to uh, to really uh, point. You know, drop the hammer. Uh, I, I, I think she knows where she stands. And I will say, and I've talked to the education commissioner about this. I've talked to some people in the governor's office about this. You know, Again, I can't underscore enough that there are families, this isn't made up. There are families who are calling the Department of Education every single day saying, hey, I need my kid to go back to school for whatever right? reason, whether it's yes. I need to go, you know, and it can range from I need to go back to my job to I don't have the skills to make sure my kid is learning, right? There's real, that is a real thing that's happening. And I think the governor is affected by it. And I think she, uh, she does not like, I mean, no, it also comes down to, of course, she doesn't like when uh, you know, another a city or a town is going to completely defy her. Uh, but it, it is a factor of they are hearing from enough families. If if this was a universal, you know, 80% of families were saying, we don't want to be back in school, she would take a different approach. There, uh, there's no question in my mind about that.
1: And not only that, that's a very good point, Dan McGowan. And Warwick, let's face it, you know, Warwick is one of those cities that you, you do have two parents working and they do yeah. have to go back in Warwick especially, if if the numbers remain the way they are, I mean, they're I think they're less than or right at 1%, probably even less than 1%. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting with the um, the governor's reaction. Dem, Demogon, before we take a quick break, one last question, though. I started to ask the governor if she thought maybe there was something else in the background. I'm just curious if you've heard anything, because they are an AFT school, and a lot of the other districts that initially said, nope, we're doing distance learning, we're not going back, they were also – that letter that was penned was all AFT. That's have right. you heard anything, have you heard anything, any other development on that? Just,
0: no, the answer, to, the direct answer is no, but I would say my spidey sense is similar to yours on this. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah it feels as though there's something going on. You know, I talked to the NEA, the other side, the other union here, the, uh, Bob Walsh, the, yes. the executive director there, and he's taking a different approach. Now he's he's with his guy, his friends at the AFT, but he said he looked at this, the governor's announcement this week as, all right, it buys more time. They need to make sure that, you know, the, the schools are ready to open. It's a different tact than, you know, some of the the approach being taken um, by some of these these union leaders on the other side, on the AFT side. So I think it's something to continue to watch. I haven't seen anything clear that says, you know, guidance from the top, we're not going back but you know it, it, there, it's not a mistake that it, that the folks who you know sent out this letter all come from the same union
1: yeah folks quick break uh, there's a chilling story in the boston globe uh you you don't want to miss this and it's um it's all ahead next with Dan McGowan on the John DePietro show you want to stay as healthy as you possibly can and one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend marie At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand... Quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menon Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in. Swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland.
2: That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
1: A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex. 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation. 401 401- 353-9300. They're licensed, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's AEMazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, or an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And, Dan, your colleague Amanda Milkovitz has very, very good sources uh, within the Providence Police Department and the Globe is the first time it's a tough story to read but a uh a, a chilling story in the Boston Globe butter incident that happened in the city of Providence
0: yeah i mean this goes back to december of 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 2019 uh a a 16-year-old girl uh claims that that she was uh sexually assaulted by uh multiple people including i think uh, more than a dozen 15 men were laughing and potentially taking photos of her According to Amanda's story, and how do the police find out about it? Boy, what a different world! They, they the video shows up on Facebook of all places, uh, and the, the you know they start to investigate. They they were able to to pull in. I think they arrested eight people now, uh, and they're looking for 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 more folks. So it's a it, 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 in some ways it's a potential good end. You, know, you get a bunch of bad guys who who did this, but a 16 year old girl. I mean, they said that she was. Uh, you know, had Hennessy poured down her throat. I mean, it's straight out of a horrible movie in many ways. Uh, and, and to think at 16 that this happened again, you know, to, to, to see it kind of show up on, on social media. Uh, and then the police did a really good job, I think, tracking things down and, and bringing this and, you know, you got to hope that they're that they'll get some convictions and everything out of it, but yeah, just a chilling story. Some of the details in it are, uh you know not something that uh, you're gonna want to read over breakfast by any means.
1: Yeah. Um and and uh and especially uh the, the good news is I mean it, they have at least I believe eight of them at That's least right. so far that have uh, been the McGowan taking a little bit of a tact but I like the story that one of the best known public health experts in the world is uh is actually gonna be at Brown University.
0: Yeah, this is a big deal, John. The the Dr. Ja who who is uh uh Ben All over the place. I mean, God, you know. Of course, we think of Dr. Fauci, but the the uh, the guy who kind of gets brought in as an uh, as an analyst on CNN, on MSNBC, he's been. I mean, the guy's been everywhere. Uh, Is this this guy, Dr. Joth from from the uh, he he came from comes from Harvard, and he was announced months ago, uh, in fact, in February before really COVID became a thing in in the country, um, as the head of Brown's uh, School of Public Health. He's the dean of public health. And he started his job yesterday. And so this is a big deal because it's one of the most familiar faces in the country. Even if you don't know the name, you would know the face if, you, if you've been following the coronavirus because you just see him everywhere. And now he's, he's a you know, Brown University guy. Uh, and this is going to, I think, give Brown a huge boost. I mean, look, Brown's already an elite college. It's already, you know, it's Ivy League, all that. But when you have a face of your college as somebody who's, who's on CNN almost every day, uh, it really is a boost. I bet it will help with enrollment in some ways. It's certainly going to help on the uh, all these colleges, as you know, love to you know, show their expertise. This is a great uh, you know, example for doing it. And the key thing to know about this guy is he's been a, an advisor to Governor Raimondo behind the scenes throughout the pandemic. They brought him in very early on. And he's doing this for a bunch of different states. Um, and he's been, he's certainly been, you know, uh, pretty positive about what Rhode Island has done. He's, you know, he thinks we're one of the, the nation's leaders in, in a lot of this, uh, but I think it's a big get for Brown. And I think you're going to hear a lot from this guy going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him, you know, make the media rounds a lot locally. I think you'll probably start to see him a lot on local television uh, and, and, and certainly he'll continue to maintain his national and international profile.
1: Dr. Megan Rainey at Brown University. She's a regular at CNN, I and know. Uh, it, it,
0: it's a big deal. I and mean, these guys are, are are real players. And you don't think of that again. Brown's a great university, but you don't think of them in the same, you know, as the Harvards and the Yales. You don't think of them in the upper echelon of the Ivy League. But Brown's really making a move here, and, it, and I think it's a I think it's a good thing
1: generally for the state. Game McGowan, primary day coming up. How do you see that Joanne Ryan Sam Bell uh, primary?
0: Boy, that's the race that that I'm most interested in. I have a, a primary preview of that uh, uh, this week, later in the glo- later this week in the Globe. It's it's tough. I think it's going to be very tough to beat uh, Sam Bell. I think he's uh, he's he certainly knows how to work. He's somebody who uh, a lot of people, a lot of listeners of yours, certainly readers of mine, probably see him as a bit as, as a bit of an antagonist and and somebody who's maybe tough to get along with at the state, but. When he's on the doors, when he's in his neighborhood, he remains pretty popular. Now, the, the flip side, Councilwoman Ryan is supported by all the leadership. Uh, she certainly has the money and, the, infl- and the, the, you know, the endorsements to make a go of this. And, of course, there's this talk about, you know, mail ballot fights. I mean, it's, it's your, your very typical Providence inside baseball political race. Uh, And I can't wait to see the outcome because I think it's close. My gut is I would give Sam Bell the
1: edge. Uh, Dan McGowan, it's also interesting that these, to me, these are the real battles. Um, It's the within the Democrat Party of the progressive against the more moderate. Those those are far more heated. And to me, those are the real political battles as opposed to whoever the Republican opponent is.
0: Yeah, I mean, this race, especially I mean the interesting thing about that Senate District 5 is that the truth be told, the winner or the loser of that race, it's certainly going to be a Democrat because there won't be anybody on the other side, but it won't matter either way for the, for the Senate leadership. If Sam Bell wins, it, he'll continue to be a thorn in the side of Dominic Ruggiero and, and Mike McCaffrey, but he'll, he'll still be one of a few, he'll still be marginalized. And if Joanne Ryan wins, it's like, you know, it's adding another home run hitter to the Yankees, right? Like it, it's, it's just a, another person that can fall in line. The thing is, what makes it so interesting is the Senate leadership has worked extremely hard to uh, to take out uh, Sam Bell in this primary. I mean, it, it, in some ways, it's, this may be a little bit of a hyperbole, but it's imagine uh, you know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez being targeted by Speaker Pelosi in her own yes. district. It, it, that's what the equivalent locally here is. Uh, because that's what's happening. This is a Democrat uh, who, who, again, doesn't get along with them, but he, he's still a Democrat, and he has a big, big target on his back. That's the race to watch. There are a couple of those, Those, you know, certainly the Barbara Ann fenton Mattiello thing that we'll be talking about for a long time. There, Doreen Costa's got an interesting race uh, for Senate. So there are a couple of races that do have Republican and Senate candidates uh, going forward. But, but right now, I mean, Tuesday will be a big day to see um, you know, particularly for the Senate, how, how much power they can keep.
1: What type of operation does Sam Bell have, Dan McGowan? He's very committed. He is the ultimate progressive, and boy, he is a thorn in the side of the Senate president.
0: Yeah, he he he's got a strong organization. You know, he he's uh I think what you have seen in the closing weeks of this race, and I live in the district right next door, so I see a lot of this, is the the progressives you know, in in some ways, if they're not successful, uh, with a lot of their races, this, this time out, it's going to be because they almost cast too wide of a net. They ran, you know, they ran too many candidates, but what you have seen in the closing weeks is folks start to realize, all right, we got to protect our turf. Sam Bell's already there. He certainly has a, a, uh, uh, you know, support enough support to run a very competitive race. We got to be there to to volunteer for him, to knock the doors, to spend the money, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think folks have, have sort of come back to him uh, in his circles rather than, you know, maybe going and taking on a long shot. Like, for example, Senate President Ruggiero has a progressive opponent, but let's be honest, a race that, you know, most of North Providence is voting in is probably not going to go the way of a progressive, and so I think you're starting to see a lot of people move towards Sam Bell to try to help him out, put him over the finish line. He has a good operation. There's no question. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's not Aaron Regenberg, who probably has the best political machine in the city. Uh, but he, he is close in, in some ways. And certainly, I, I think that will be a factor uh, for the next week.
1: Congressman Jim Landry does have an opponent in uh, uh, Dylan Conley. But I'll tell you, Dave McGowan, I I saw the commercial, you know, he Dylan Conley, to me, it's like he's running... A CD one race, but he's running it in CD two. He 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 filmed his entire commercial. That I don't know if it's on air, but it's definitely a video that he did on YouTube. And the entire thing was shot at the Roger Williams Temple of Music. Now, <laughs> as someone that I mean, I've lived in CD two for it's though the that crowd doesn't go to the Temple of Music. It's CD two. You got to go down to Eric gansett You got to go to North right. Kingstown. You got to. Be in the district. That that's a race that I I don't un, understand the strategy of what they're doing here. I think you're
0: you're you're almost giving excuse me John too, uh, too much credit by yeah. saying that he that he's running a CD one race and a CD two race. The truth is he's running a state reps race for yeah. Congress. I mean that's what's yeah. happening. And and uh, look this is he's a young progressive guy. He's smart. He's an attorney. Uh, he has a lot of skills, and he probably will have a bright future somewhere down the line uh, in politics if he wants it. But uh, bit off way more than he could chew in this race. Never had. First of all, got in the race extremely late. Uh, I think the most recently we'd seen he's raised about twenty thousand bucks. Again, that that's what you could run to run a competitive race for state representative, uh, which I think a lot of people who know him would say uh, that's what he should have done. He's in Anastasia Williams district, and, and yeah. you know could have run for that instead. You know tried to go after one of the you know one of the more popular guy uh, people. Uh, in Rhode Island politicians in Rhode Island I think it's gonna be a long night uh, well I guess it'll be a short night probably for him because I think you'll probably know the outcome relatively quickly.
1: Dan McGowan folks each day I start my day with an email uh, that I get for free from Dan McGowan and I'd like to share that with other people.
0: Yeah every day John you, you mentioned it we had the you know interview with Dr. Jaw this week we try to break news we try to be interesting and informative uh, and we also break down here are the big stories in the globe we have all the coverage of the Massachusetts primaries uh, and then the rundown governor's you know governor's press conferences today there's a meeting in Newport for about the school committee and reopening there Uh, and all you have to do to get it every morning completely free send me an email blank email to rinews at globe.com I'll know what it is rinews at globe.com you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow and we're gonna have plenty of politics for the next couple of days for sure
1: Folks, RI News at globe.com. He's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job. We'll talk to you again.
0: Thanks, John. Have a good day.
1: Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing? Logistics 401-431-2300.